Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Really familiar passages of scripture. The Bible says this. And the Lord gave me this message, just Jeremiah talking. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. This is not what I'm preaching on today, but this is why we believe that life is sacred. Right here. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. There's purpose in eternity before we are ever here. Before your mom and dad ever gave each other a look. (laughs) There's purpose. And before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Here is his response, Jeremiah's response. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must. Somebody say you must. You must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And do not be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and he touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. And today, last verse, I point you to stand up. Somebody say stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some of you must, uh, some that you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow and others you must build up and plant. I want to tackle the myth today. Maybe you heard this growing up. You can be anything you want to be. Come on. You can be anything you want to be. So let's tackle this myth today. Raise your hands if you're able. Father, thank you so much for all you're doing in this house. Thank you for the anointing that we sense. And we've experienced, Lord, bless our time together in the word in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. Before you're seated, give three people a high five and say, you can be anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. I'm sure many of you heard this phrase growing up. You can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Did you ever get asked that at school? by your teacher, what do you want to be when you grow up? A firefighter, astronaut, truck driver. Come on, shout some out. A little audience participation here. A princess. A zookeeper. A zookeeper. Wow, these are getting really specific. Opera singer. This is way deeper than I ever thought. Rock and roll star. What was that one? President of the United States. King of England, right? A garbage man. All right. You can be anything you want to be. That's what we were taught. And I think often in in, in church, we believe this same lie. Now, I believed this for a long time. And I was challenged by a woman named Kathy Cook. K-O-C-H, in case you want to listen to her. She has amazing stuff on parenting. Uh how your kids shouldn't be on screens all the time. Like, that's not me preaching that. That's Kathy. You can look her up. But I remember sitting in this session with her uh, at, at a church that I was on staff at, and she began to say, you need to quit lying to your kids and telling them that they can be anything they want to be. I was like, man, that's really intense. Like, sure they can. I mean, they can do whatever they want to do. 
Now, the problem with this myth is it's true and false. How many of you know that some things can be true but false at the same time? Like, I have a desire to lose weight. And I reached out to one of my spiritual sons who lives in Ohio. He is extremely fit. I mean, just like jacked, y'all. And, and I texted him. I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to start a new lifestyle because I want to be in this thing for a long time. I want to be able to throw the ball with my kids when they're still teenagers. Like, I feel young at heart, but I don't feel young in body. And so I said, I need you to send me some workouts. He said, okay. And then I saw him this week while I was preaching this youth camp. And, and he said, hey, pastor, how are those workouts going? <laughs> I said, real good. Not at all. It's funny how you can have a desire for something, but not the will to do it yet. There's some things that can be true and false at the same time. Like this statement, like our myth today. I can be anything I want to be. Well, that depends. Is it what God wants for you? Because we were all taught that the sky is the limit. Reach for the stars and one day you'll grab one, brother. <laughs> These are the things we were taught. Yet it was never in the context of spirituality. Because I think for many of us, we see the kingdom of heaven as something that we do on Sundays and not who we are. Jesus didn't say you're going to do the kingdom of heaven. That's, it's something you're going to do. Because that's what the Pharisees thought. In fact, there's this time where the Pharisees said, Jesus, where is the kingdom going to be? A physical location like Bucky's. Where's, where's it going to be so we can visit? Aren't you all ready for Bucky's to come to Bowling Green? I sure am. Sunday nights. Workout is going to go out the window when Bucky shows up. Come on. <laughs> Those beaver nuggets, man, they're so good. They kill every single diet and, and lifestyle choice. Anyway, they never fail. They're amazing. They're amazing. Y'all had those chocolate-covered ones too? Yeah, they're so good. They're so good. And the Pharisees say, where is it going to be? Like, we want a destination, a place that we go to in order to experience something like we are today. We've experienced the presence of God. It's been powerful. There was a moment in this, in this amazing worship experience that we were having where I just felt drawn to my knees because I felt a new level of surrender in my life. Yeah. We all want the experience. Everybody wants to go somewhere that's like Disney. We want excellence, right? We want clean floors. We want food without hair in it. Y'all, there was one time I was eating some ribs. I was with Pastor Faye. She's already shaking her head no because she knows what I'm going to say. I was eating some ribs. Sadie was a baby. And we decided, you know what? We're going to go to Famous Dave's. I think it was for Father's Day because we don't eat barbecue at my house unless it's a special occasion because Pastor Faye hates it. Come on, somebody. And I was eating this rack of ribs. And all of a sudden, I pulled a hair out this long. And I literally died. Come on, somebody. It was disgusting. It, it was gross. It was disgusting. And then, of course, we sent it back. Nobody wants that. We all want a good experience. 
We all want something that we can go to and say, man, I love this. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in our consumerism here in the United States of America, we've approached church the same way. What can I get out of church? What can I get out of a Sunday morning? And I'm all about it too. Don't get me wrong. You can ask our staff, like we are constantly pushing them to make your experience better. How can we make it better? Balling on a budget, right? What can we do to make it better? But at the end of the day, we must make the transfer from it being something that we do to being who we are. Because that's what Jesus' response was. He said, the kingdom is not going to be a location like you're thinking in your mind. He said, the kingdom is not going to be here or there. It's going to be inside of you. The kingdom's going to be in you. And then the kingdom's going to be everywhere because it's in you. So we have to make this change in our thinking because that's what Mythbusters is all about. It's really about changing our thinking and the way we perceive things in the kingdom of heaven. And I pray you've been challenged by this series, but today we must challenge ourselves with the thought that we can do whatever we want to do. So I told you this statement is true and false, so let's take the truth out of it. You can do whatever you want to do. Why? God gave you free will. Somebody say free will. will. I can do whatever I want to do. Let's take it there. I can go out there and be an axe murderer if I want to. I know that's really extreme. I I could go out there and just go bash a bunch of car windows open. Come on, somebody. I can go find a high school chemistry teacher and make meth. Come on. I'm going to really extremes here to to make my point. I can do whatever I want to do, and so can you. Because God gave us free will. He will not force you to do anything. Did you hear me in the room? God is never going to force you to do anything. He only invites you into his will. So I do have free will, and I can do whatever I want to do. I can choose any career I want to choose. I can marry whoever I want to marry. Y'all, I'm so thankful that I did not marry who I wanted to marry when I was a teenager. Come on, somebody, because I've seen them on Facebook in the last few years, and they loco. They're crazy. Come on, somebody. How many of you are glad you didn't marry the person you thought you would? Let me hear an amen in the house if you're glad for that. You could do what you want to do, but not in the kingdom. Not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, things are upside down. In the world, I can be with whoever I want to be. I can have sex with as many people as I want to have sex with. Come on, somebody. I can choose my own career. I can do whatever I want to do. But in the kingdom, there is a will that comes from heaven, from the king. And I must submit to it as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. If not, I will, this is good kingdom teaching, y'all, I will lose my rights as a citizen of heaven. In order to be in good standing, let's put it in our world here in the United States, in order to be in good standing with the government, you have to obey the laws. Even if some of them are real stupid, y'all. You have to pay your taxes even though it's real stupid. Come on. 
You have to in order to have good standing with the government. Right. If not, you're going to end up with the popo right. or the Fed. Life in prison. I don't know what for. <laughs> but it's the same way in the kingdom. If you want to be successful in the kingdom, you have to obey the will of the king. Yeah. So I no longer get to choose what I want to choose. I don't get to choose my career. I know this goes against everything we know. I was ready for this one, y'all. It goes against everything we've been taught. You do not get to be what you want to be when you grow up. You must choose to surrender and obey what God wants you to be. Now, when I say that, some of our minds automatically go to ministry. Like, everybody needs to be in ministry. No. Please, no. Dear God, no. We don't need everyone behind a microphone. Preach, Pastor Andrew. We don't need everybody serving in full-time ministry, although some of you are called to that. No, we need you in the field out there. We need people in government. We need people who are high school basketball coaches. We need people who are doctors. We, you, you need to be out there but doing it God's way. Come on, somebody. So if God sends you to a place, it's his will, you can assume that he has an assignment for you in that place. And until, because some of you are like, I've been trying to get another job. Could it be that God hasn't let you get another job yet because you've not fulfilled the assignment at the place that you currently are? Because maybe there is one person that God wants you to reach at this terrible job that you hate and you complain about it all the time. God's like, I'm surely not going to bless you if you complain about this job all the time. Come on, somebody. But I have assignment. And that's the powerful part about the kingdom of heaven is now I have purpose from heaven. Hear me today. I have purpose from heaven. I am called to be a carrier of his presence. I'm not called to sit on the sidelines. Y'all quiet this morning. I'm called to carry the glory of God. Jesus said right now, the Holy Spirit is with you, but there's coming a day where where he will be in you and you're going to do greater works than I will do. Come on, somebody. God wants to turn this city upside down, but it's going to take you and I saying, God, I surrender to your will. I surrender to your plan. Have your way. Whatever you want to do, through me do it if you believe it give God some praise right there we must learn to say yes to the purposes of heaven this is why Jesus when he's teaching his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6 he says your kingdom come your will be done here as it already is as it already exists in heaven heaven does not operate in time Heaven is in eternity, and God steps out of eternity into time to accomplish his will here in the earth. Are you tracking with me this morning? So now, we have so much more to our lives as a citizen than just a job. It's more than a job. Now it's purpose. Because have you ever worked a job that just feels like, man, what is the point of this job? Yes. Like, why am I doing this? Like, this is so terrible. 
been there, done that. Yeah. Got the t-shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy to look at employment that way. Like, what's the purpose of this? Well, it's for me to have money. It is so much more than money, y'all. Yeah. It is so much more than money. It's about purpose. It's about purpose. Somebody say purpose. And so today I want us to look at this scripture and see what, what God tells Jeremiah concerning his purpose and how we can apply it to our life. Are you ready? Come on. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. You're quiet today. The first thing that he says to him is I knew you. I knew you. I knew you. I knew you. Verse 2 for me, gentlemen. Thank you. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you. I knew you before mom and dad knew you. I knew you before you knew you. This is like a Dr. Seuss rhyme, y'all. I knew you. I knew what you were going to be like. I knew the mistakes you would make. I knew your quirks and your characteristics. I knew what you would do in certain situations. I knew you. I knew you. Now, this is powerful because here in a second we see, look at what he says. Before, I, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Like, what a call. Not, not just a prophet to a church, a prophet to the nations. Like, I'm going to use you to speak on my behalf. That's what a prophet was. I knew you, and I picked you to do this anyway. Think about that for a moment. God already knew. He already knew every mistake you would make, all the stupid stuff we would do. And he said, I'll pick you anyway. I'll pick you anyway because I love you, and my grace is sufficient for you. Come on. I knew you. But I'm going to trust you with this anyway. I knew you would spend all the money doing stupid stuff, but I'm going to trust you with it anyway. I knew you would mess up, but I'm going to let you anyway. I knew you. I knew you. Now, this is a very uh, intimate word. Because when you see this word in the Old Testament, I knew you. It's the same word where if you read this in like older translations, where the Bible says in Genesis, Adam knew Eve. I'm not talking about personality here, if you're tracking with me. Relationally. He was intimate with his wife. It is the same word. That is the level of intimacy that God knows you. Come on. I knew you. Somebody say, I knew you. So I knew you. And then number two, I knew you before I formed you. Not only did I know you, but I said, this is a piece of clay that I am willing to form. I'm going to form you. Now, this goes against our myth today. Because I can be whatever I want to be. I'm going to build my career. I'm going to build my connections. Da, 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 all this stuff. But God says, no, I form you. I make you what you will be. If you allow me. Come on. I know you. 
I know your characteristic, and so I'm going to set you up in this certain way so you can do my will with this certain people. This is so deep, y'all. If you really get this in your heart, I knew you and I formed you. I want to tell somebody today who's maybe not at the place you are, God is still forming you. God's still forming you. Because guess what? None of us in this room are perfect today. If you showed up here expecting a perfect church with perfect people and you think you're the perfect person, you're probably the first one that ever walked in the door. Come on, somebody. There are no perfect people here. This is a church of people who are being formed into the image of Jesus. Aren't you glad today that he hasn't given up on you? And he says, I'm still forming you. I'm still forming you. So he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. This is all preconception, y'all. And then he says this, before you were born, I set you apart. Now, this is so powerful. I was studying this. This word set apart means to consecrate, to be holy. Write this down if you're taking notes. This really is so powerful. Removed from common use. I knew you, I formed you, and I'm going to set you aside for an uncommon purpose. I'm not just going to let you go through life being common. You weren't called to be common. You were called to stand out. Come on, somebody. You weren't called to be like everybody else. That's why Jesus said, you're in this world, but you're not of it. Why am I not of it? I'm uncommon. I've been set aside for the master's use. God has a purpose for me. He has the destiny for me. And look at what the rest of it says. Subject to special treatment. We all know those parents that have that one favorite kid. Come on, somebody. Something I've been telling Abby while she doesn't understand it yet is, you're baby and you get whatever you want. Now, I don't really believe that. Maybe a little set aside for special treatment, right? That's how God feels about you. Oh, did you hear that? That's how God feels about you. I've set them aside for something special. They're going to have access to the kingdom. They're going to have access to my presence. They're going to have access to my resources. They're going to have access to my favor. Why? They're set aside for special treatment. And then here's, here's the last part of it. I love this. Forfeited to the sanctuary. Forfeited to the sanctuary. What's that mean, Pastor Andrew? There is no other purpose that is good enough except the purpose of being a person of his presence. I've been forfeited to the sanctuary. I've given up on everything else. I've given up on my dreams and my plans. I've given up on the things that I forfeited them for the sanctuary. I'm looking for some people today that are willing to say, Pastor Andrew, I'm willing to be someone who forfeits their purpose that they've chosen so I could just be a carrier of his presence. I want to be forfeited to the sanctuary. I feel like preaching today. I'm a carrier of his anointing. I'm a carrier of his glory. I'm not some random person on 
the street. God set me aside for an uncommon purpose, for an uncommon use. I'm not Joe uh, like everybody else. I'm not Joe or Jane Doe. I've been set aside for the sanctuary. God has something special for me. I got something special to do in the earth. Come on, somebody. Give him a hand clap right there if you believe it. Now give the person next to you a shove and say, I'm special. God chose me. He set me aside. He reserved me. I wish I was born in the early 1900s. Don't say that. God set you in the purpose right now. God said when things are the darkest, I'm going to choose them to shift things in the earth. I want them. I want that one for the deepest, darkest part of our nation's history. I want to use them. They've been set aside for an uncommon use. Aren't you glad today that you have heaven behind you and you you got purpose. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Are y'all awake today? Y'all quiet. When you learn that you've been set aside for something, you won't walk the same way anymore. You won't live in insecurity. You won't act like everything's bad. No, you'll put your head up. I'm somebody to God. Oh, you're so quiet. I'm somebody to God. I've been set aside. God reserved me for this. He set me aside for this. Well, pastor, I've been through so much. God wants to use it, somebody. Come on. He wants to turn your mess into a message. He wants to turn your test into a testimony. God has a purpose for me. He has a plan for me. And he wants to use me for an uncommon thing. Now, let's stay there for a second. This is powerful. This means God doesn't want you to be like everybody else. So if he doesn't want you to be like everybody else, that means he has something truly and special in store for you. Think about that for a second. God wants to use you to do miracles. I said he wants to use you to do miracles. There's somebody at your job that needs healing. There's somebody that needs you. He says, I've set you apart. And then number four, I've appointed you. Not only have I set you apart, but I have moments in my calendar for you. Some of y'all are like, I've been struggling in this area of my life. God has an appointed moment where he's going to break that thing in your life. Some of y'all been waiting for a financial breakthrough. It's on the calendar already. You just haven't made it yet. Ah, I feel the Holy Spirit up here. I have an appointment with God. I have an appointment with heaven. And I will not miss it for anything here. Come on, somebody. I've been appointed. And not just for this little, we're going to meet with God. No, look at what he says. To a prophet to the nations. It's significant. There was this shirt. I still have it. It don't fit me anymore. God's been just doing so much expansion in my life. Come on. Listen, I've shared this before. The Bible says the fat belongs to the Lord. So that's Old Testament. But I have this shirt. It's this camouflage shirt that I wore when Grayson was born. Y'all, when Grayson was born... I went and got a fresh fade the day before, put on my best looking shirt, my best sneakers. Because here's what I said, I want my son to think I look dope when he was born. 
He probably won't. Like, Dad, that's the lamest outfit I've ever seen. Why did you have your hair faded like that? You know? But I, I have this shirt, and I wore it the day he was born. I'm not a sentimental, sentimental person. You can ask Pastor Faye. That's not me. I don't keep a lot of things to be sentimental, like, good for you. That's just not me. I love memories. That's me. But I have this shirt, and I wore it the day he was born, and then I started wearing it on days that I thought would be significant. So there was this one time Pastor Faye and I had this meeting in Lexington with a, a wealthy man and another pastor, and we were meeting with him to ask for money for Near Church's launch. And to this day, that is still one of the biggest amounts of money that has ever came in, and I was wearing that shirt. And so anytime I'm walking into something significant, I wear this shirt because I can dress it up. I can put a denim jacket over it and it looks real, real nice. I wear it because I feel like it's significant to the moment. I know it's not, but in my head it is. God says, I have something for you. I have something reserved for you. And you don't have to have your special shirt to to accept it or to access it. He says, I've appointed you as my prophet. That's powerful, y'all. That means we are literally representing God. That's what you are. That's why Paul said, and I got to move on. I got so many other points to get to. That's why Paul said, you are an ambassador of Christ. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is someone who represents a government and goes to another place to represent that government. That's why, again, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Why am I not of it? I'm an ambassador of heaven here on earth as a representative of the kingdom. I've appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Are you still with me in the room today? Now, verse 6 here is his response. Oh, sovereign Lord, I, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Isn't it funny how when God gives us the call, we excuse it? There's been so many times where I've, I've looked at Pastor Faye and said, I'm not a good preacher. Like, I need to do something else. I mess up on my words. Have y'all heard that? Yes, you have. Whether you want to say it or not. My staff have a running note of some of the funny things I've said from the pulpit. It's okay, I have stuff on them too, so it all evens out. But I've said, I, I, who am I to do this? Who am I? I can't speak for you, I'm too young. It's the same response that Moses has. When God says to him, I'm going to make you the leader of Israel and you're going to go in front of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at the time, and tell him to let my people go. What was his response? I, 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 I have, a, have, a, have, a, have a speech impediment. You can't use someone like me. I'm not making fun. This is real life here. Yes. And you may say, I would never do that. We do it all the time. Yes, we 
God, you can't use me that way. I don't have enough money in the bank. Come on. Yeah. I can't quit that job. That's my security. I can't speak for you. I'm too young. I, I can't preach. I don't know the Bible like they do. I didn't go to Bible college. I wasn't raised up in church. When God calls, we often excuse it. And we come up with all of these reasons for not following the destiny and the call of God on our lives. Can I tell you today that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He's not looking for the perfect person today, church. He says, I know that you're not worthy of the call, but I call you anyway. I know that you're not able, but when my anointing comes on you, you will have supernatural ability to do the call on your life. Because y'all growing up, I was so stinking shy. I'm an introvert. And it's amazing that I can do what I do. Why? It's not Andrew. It's the call of God that came and rested on my life at 16 years old. And God will give you supernatural. Don't say I'm too young because look at the next verse. This is what the Lord says in in response. And this is what he says to you today. Don't say I'm too young. Don't give me the excuse for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. You must. I said you must. Get this in your spirit today. I must. The call of God in my life, I have to do it. I have to do it. Here's why. You ready for this revelation? This will revolutionize your life. There is no one else coming to do what God has called you to do. I said, there's no one else coming. There's no one else coming. We're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. That's what William Booth said, founder of the Salvation Army. We're not waiting on someone else to come do it. There's no one else coming. Man, I feel like preaching here. There's no one else coming. No one. We're not waiting on someone to show up. We're it, y'all. Did you hear me? You don't need to wait on someone to reach the person at your job. It's you. God says, I'm going to use you. I must. I can't give up. I have to do this thing. There is no one else coming. Somebody shout that out. Say, "No no one else is coming. No one else is coming. No one's coming to do this thing for me. I must. We must. Hear me today. There is a world in our city that is dying and going to hell because they don't know our king yet. And God is not sending anyone else. He's sending us. Today, may we be convicted of complacency of the call. There's no one else coming. It's you. And it's me. In the early 1800s, and I've shared this story before, but it was early, early days of near church. In the early 1800s, the United States was sending people all over the world as missionaries, everywhere. And God was using the United States to reach the nations. Most missionaries were packing Samsonite bags, (laughs) going on their trips, 
doing the assignment, and then coming back. But there was one type of missionary called one-way missionaries. Where instead of buying Samsonite bags at Sears, it's not a thing anymore, come on. (laughs) They would have coffins created for them. And they would pack their coffin because they knew that the call that was on their life would require them to die in that nation and never return. One-way missionaries. Now, many of us in this room today probably will never go to another nation as a one-way missionary. Maybe God hasn't called you to do that. And maybe he won't call you to die from persecution from your call, but he has called you to die to self. Imagine being the husband of a wife and a family and packing a coffin, knowing very well, I will never see my babies again. I will never hold my wife again. Why did they do it? Because there was no one else coming. We cannot view near church, hear me today, We cannot view this move of God called near church as something that we can do. It's something we must do. That's why we come in here and worship our guts out. That's why we come and we give. That's why we come and we serve. That's why we participate and all serve. Because you don't know there's going to be someone that shows up for a snow cone. And God's going to wreck their life. We can't maybe do this. We must. You must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Because there's too high a price. Because you may say, Pastor, it's too high a price to say yes to the call of God. There's too high a price not to say yes. There is someone waiting, catch this today, on your yes. Oh, waiting on your yes. I can't be whatever I want to be when I grow up. I got to listen to the voice of God. Now, you still with me in the room? Verse eight, don't be afraid of the people. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Listen, people will hate your gift. They will hate your call. They will hate your dream. Don't worry about them. Haters gonna hate and ainers gonna ain't. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna say it again. Somebody should get that as a tattoo. Haters gonna hate and ainers gonna ain't. We are in Kentucky, aren't we? Come on. Haters gonna hate. People are gonna hate you. That's all right. Let them hate all they want to. You keep doing the mission that God has called you to do. Maybe it seems insignificant. Don't listen to people. Because look at what the Lord says. For I will be with you and will protect you. I got you. That's what the Lord's saying. I got you. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about their threats. Don't worry about what they say. I'll be with you. Well, I'm doing this alone, God. No, you're not. I'm with you. People aren't coming with me. It's all right. I'll be with you. Pastor and I have made up in our minds that if no one moved to Bowling Green with us, we were doing it anyway. Doing it anyway. Why? 
I'm with you. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. It's more than enough. This is the call of God. And then he goes to verse 9. I'm almost finished. Stay with me today. How many of you give me five more minutes in the house? Come on. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. I put my words in your mouth. Look at that. My words, your mouth. Here's the revelation. God has something to say in the earth. But he's not going to do it like this. We're all just walking around and suddenly, listen to me, people. I am the Lord. He's not going to do that. What's he going to do? He's going to speak it through you. He's going to speak it through you. Look, I've put my words in your mouth. You're not going to have to come up with what to say. That's why Jesus says there will be times where you're going to stand in front of important people and my Holy Spirit is going to give you the words to say. That's why he said that. Look, I'm putting my words in your mouth. You're not the power. You're only the vessel. Look, I put my words in your mouth. My words carry anointing. My words carry the weight of heaven. We don't need people just out there doing and saying what they want to say, y'all. Because how many of you know we're going to do a series sometime in the fall called Church Hurt? It's going to be powerful. Powerful. God's already been dealing with me about it. It's going to be so powerful. I believe we're going to see a lot of people from the community that have been hurt by the church come and get healed and get plugged back in. It's going to be powerful. I'm just, I'm feeling it so strong. But we've had enough people that have said, I represent Jesus. That have all kinds of nastiness and garbage in their mouth. Listen, if you're attacking people on Facebook and writing bad about people on Facebook, you don't represent the same king I do. Quit telling people you're a Christian. You're not. Preach Pastor Andrew. At least you're not representing him. Have his words in your mouth. I put my words in your mouth. I'm going to give you what to say. And today, look at verse 10, I appoint you to stand up against. To stand up against and then build up and plant. There's going to be some situations that you are called to take a stand. And it's not going to feel good. And it's going to feel like pressure. And it's going to feel like tension. But I've appointed you to do it. And then there's going to be sometimes you're going to uproot things and tear them down. You're going to uproot bad systems and tear down strongholds. And some things you're going to destroy and overthrow. But other things you're going to build up. You're going to encourage. You're going to plant the seed of my word. I've appointed you to do this. This is what it's about, people. I know this isn't our message today where Pastor Jordan's on that organ over there and we're all going crazy and losing our minds for the the Holy Ghost. This isn't that. And that's okay. 
I want more than a feeling. I want to be in his will. And the Lord says today, I've appointed you. So can I be whatever I want to be when I grow up? Yes. But no. We don't make any decisions in our house without praying about it first. What does God have to say? What's God's will? Does he want me to do this? Y'all, we didn't come start in your church because I was mad at my pastor. We didn't come start near church because I was church hurt. We didn't come start near church because we wanted a cool, vibey place where we could wear hats and be in the presence of God. Aren't you glad I don't talk that way, y'all? We didn't do any of that. We didn't start near church so I could be my own boss. Somebody said that to me one time. So he's like, I bet you're so glad you started near church because now you can just do whatever you want. I said, no, that's not how it works. We started near church because God's will told us to. And that's how we have to live our lives. Yeah, I can do anything I want to do. But do I want his blessing or do I want my own will? Do I want a career or do I want kingdom purpose? Here's the part that gets me and I'm done. Do I want something for the moment or do I want something for eternity? Are we living with eternity in mind? that what we do here now in time affects eternity and affects others in eternity. No one else is coming. We must. I hope you remember that. It shook me to my core. And listen, I'm already living God's will for my life. But it shook me so much this week as I was with those teenagers just seeking after God. This is why I must. This is why I can't give up. This is why I can't do things halfway. This is why I have to be on fire for God. This is why I have to seek after him. I must. He has a plan for me. He has a purpose for me. And he has a destiny for me. Staying all across the house today. Hey, listener. Thanks for tuning in to the Near Church Podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.